Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning, folks. Here's how markets wrapped up overnight. We've got U.S. stocks pretty much hugging the break-even line, pretty much flat as investors gear up for the Federal Reserve's meeting scheduled for later this week. The S&P 500 just slightly higher by 0.1% to 4,453. The Nasdaq Composite slightly in the green, squeezing out a small gain of 0.01% to finish at 13,710. And we've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average slightly higher by 6 points or 0.02% to 34,624. For more insights, we're joined by Mark Matthews. He is the Managing Director and Head of Research for Asia at Julius Baer. Mark, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on, Ryan. Hey, it does look like not a lot to move markets right now as people brace for what's to come. And looking at some of the headlines, we've got a couple of interesting ones. You've got what's playing out in the automobile sector in the US. We've got a strike going on. And that saw Ford's shares dropping more than 2%. So the United Auto Workers strike continues into its fourth day. How much concern is there from, I guess, investors around what's happening in the automobile space? How much damage will this mean for the economy? Not much. Although it is a big sector, it's about 3.5% of GDP. Um, the two sides are talking. They started talking almost immediately after the UAW decided to ask those people to go on strike. And mm. the government will no doubt be putting a lot of pressure on both sides to make a deal because Michigan is a swing state and there is an election next year. Um, I think they can make a deal. The union wants a 36% increase in wages over four years. Uh, the car companies are offering 20%. I guess they'll meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think that kind of points to the problems here that a lot of businesses are facing. Higher wages, more cost pressures. Is this going to mean a tougher earnings season in the next quarter? Uh, no, not in the next quarter. In fact, the next quarter earnings will be good. Um, and ironically, one of the reasons for that is higher rates, which I know sounds strange, but the big technology companies in the U.S., which dominate the S&P 500 index, have so much cash. Apple, for example, which you mentioned earlier, has $60 billion in net cash on its balance sheet. They're now making a lot of money and interest off of that cash with rates having gone up. So mm. for the S&P overall, Higher rates are accretive. For smaller companies, it's the opposite. So for the earnings season, we're going to see the first uh, year-on-year growth in three quarters. And if you exclude energy, it should be about 35 to 5%. Yeah, on that point about Apple, we saw its share price up 1.7%. Off the back of optimistic outlooks from the likes of Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, the pre-order times are... Better than expected. So if you look at the lead times for the iPhone 15 Pro Max, averaging five to six weeks, is being described as the longest of any model launched in the last seven years. What does this tell you about the consumer strength or appetite for maybe electronics right now? I don't have a strong opinion on that, but the consumer has been um, very robust uh, despite the higher rates. And um, it's a bit of a mystery why, actually, because um, people thought it would have faded by now. All the stimulus checks have been spent, but... Mm. Um, for whatever reason, the uh, 
consumer in the United States remains very resilient despite higher prices. All right. And talking about what's to come in the next few days, we've got the FOMC in action. And look at bond yields. They are edging closer to that 16-year high level again, above 4.3%. What are markets pricing in when the Fed meets? I haven't looked at the Fed fund futures uh, overnight, but I think they were looking at only a 20% chance of a rate hike at today's meeting the last time I looked. In other words, they're not expecting one, basically. Slightly higher odds for November and still below 50%, though. So I think that the consensus is that the last rate hike already happened back in July, Mm. but we won't have a rate cut to come for a very long time. And so we will be stuck with high rates for... I would say a good nine months at least. And that's what the consensus thinks. And I also think that it's pretty happy with that, judging by the fact that the stock market manages to hang in there. And there is a chance of one more hike down the road in November. Yes, as if memory serves me right, the market's putting about a 40% chance on that, but it's still less than 50%. And uh, I don't think there'll be one. There's no need. Um, if you look at the... Um, core CPI, which Mm. is what the Fed focuses on, ex-food and energy, it's been coming down nicely and it should continue to do that as the shelter component, which is real estate, comes down and labor wages and uh, the general labor market uh, Mm. softens. What other factors should we be looking out for for that um, chance of November's rate hike going up? For example, we've got the strike that could raise wages and inflationary pressures or even car prices. And also what I've been talking about when it comes to some of the, uh, I guess, consumer strength for devices as well. Well, I mean, the oil price is really what's caused the overall CPI inflation to go up because it was at $70 in the summer and now mm. it's at close to 90, as you said, but that's not something the Federal Reserve can have an impact on by raising interest rates, and that's why they say they look at core inflation. But for the record, Saudi's production cuts are being 80% offset by an increase in production in the so-called pariah states like Russia, Iran, and Venezuela, so we don't think oil is going to stay around here. We think it's going back to 75. I don't know what the Fed would uh, cause the Fed to do in about face. I, to me, uh, they've been slowly changing the language toward uh, getting us used to, mm. uh, you know, the fact that rates are not going to continue to go up, but they will stay high. I guess it could be a sudden acceleration in home prices. As I say, that's the major component of the core CPI, 40%. Don't see that happening. Or a sudden acceleration in wages. But if you look at the quits rate that the Labor Department releases, it's been softening and it tends to lead wages quite nicely. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Mark, could just expand on that point about oil prices? So we've got some expecting maybe 100 down the road. Uh, you're expecting 75 eventually. What's going to bring it back down? Uh, increased production from other countries. So I don't think Saudi want to do all this hard work by themselves and just have other people take advantage of the high price. And uh, Saudi, they obviously can see the softness in the Chinese economy, the European economy, and so they want to reduce production to try to get the price as high as they can. But at these prices, you're getting a lot of other countries stepping in. I mentioned three before, but Mm. uh, Brazil also be increasing a lot. So it's that. And the other thing I might just say with regard to demand is that next year will be the peak for oil uh, demand. And um, that is because of the transition to electric vehicles. And so as more and more of the world 
trans, you know, buys electric instead of gas-powered cars, uh, there'll be less demand for oil. All right. We'll see how that plays out for energy prices. We've been chatting with Mark Matthews. He is the Managing Director and Head of Research for Asia at Julius Baer. Mark, thank you so much for time this morning. Thank you, Ryan. Bye-bye. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.